Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. You glad to be in church yet? Good. I'm glad. Because I like preaching to happy people. Ain't no fun preaching to mean people, mad people. Just takes longer to get the word to them. But when you're happy, you know, that's why we do worship first. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says that Judah shall plow. Judah means praise. So when we're praising God, worship, our hearts are getting tilled up, plowed, and ready for the seed of the word to fall and sink deep where it can't be snatched away. Amen. Plus, I don't know about you, but worship always just fixes my perspective real quick. You know, you can just be in a slum, just in a dark place in your life, you know, ticked off, funky attitude, and you just start praising God, and the clouds just seem to go away. Amen. I love it. Get your perspective right. Remember that He is God, and I'm not. (laughs) I'm glad about that. And He's big, and He's good, and He loves me, and He's on our side, and He is worthy to be praised no matter what situations we find ourselves in, because he can be trusted. He is faithful to his promise. What he said, he will do. You believe that tonight? Come on, tell somebody what God said, he'll do. Tell somebody right now, what God said, he will do. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't even allow himself. As a matter of fact, the scripture says it's impossible for God to lie. Not even capable of it. God's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, shall he not do it? Has he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? I like that. Has he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? In other words, he's going to keep his word. He's going to keep his word. And he keeps his promises, and he's faithful to his promises. And he's faithful to you so that you can latch on to his word. You can fully trust him. Get his word in your heart and your mouth so that you can see the promise come to pass. I like the, what this says in Galatians, what faith brought up tonight. God will not be mocked. He won't be mocked. He's not going to owe on anything. When he sees you so, he's going to make sure that you reap. Amen. And, and that's, that's very good. That's very good. But it's even a greater thought when you think there's no end to that possibility. Hmm? So why would we ever sow sparingly when he's the one who's given the return? And we know how he does it exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We know what his return is like. And then God gives seed to the sower. So, S-O. So, so. He gives seed to the sower. If you're not sowing, he ain't giving any seed. He gives seed to the sower. Amen. I'm not trying to take up another offering, but we might if you get excited. Now, that word just really encouraged me, and I've been encouraged uh, just recently in the faithfulness of God and continuing to speak to him about his faithfulness, um, even in difficult times. That's when you need to open your mouth 
and shine the light on your situation with his word. Because his word, the scripture says, his word uh, gives entrance of light. Isn't that beautiful? His word gives entrance of light. So bring light into your life. Clear his word. Because he will not be mocked and you will reap if you don't lose heart. What does it mean to lose heart? Well, some, some versions say quit. And that's a pretty good definition of it. But to lose heart is to lose your faith. Because with the heart, one believes. Under righteousness, right? So it's our central believing system. If you lose heart, that means you've moved over into fear and doubt and unbelief. Let's go to James for just a moment. I I'm, I'm just want to be led by the Lord here for a moment. Is that all right? You go with me here? All right, good. Thank you. Where is it? Where's James? It's between Hebrews and 1 Peter. You singing the song, Mary Beth? I want to show us here that, oh, it's James chapter 1. How serious God is um, about our believing and how it's necessary for us to stay in faith and to keep our confession of faith, hold fast, the scripture says, our confession of hope or our confession of faith for he who promised is faithful. And we need to do that, it says, without wavering. Let's look at James chapter 1. And uh, verse 5, James chapter 1, verse 5. Santiago chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. Does that include you? Hmm? How much is he willing to give? He's willing to give liberally to all. Okay? And without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask How? In faith. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. In other words, um, this one um, is moved by their circumstances, moved by their troubles, moved by their worries and their fears. Doubts is like a wave that's driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the... Now watch this. This is how important this is to get this, to be in faith. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So outside of faith, pretty much the answer is, hmm? Because God has a way of hearing us, and he hears those who pray by faith, who pray believing. And now he's merciful, he's gracious, he's merciful to our stupidity, thank God for that. He's merciful to our, uh, our misunderstanding, our ignorance, but he's always ready when we're in faith. He's always there, he's always willing. And you can have, the only assurance that we have in praying is praying in faith. That's it. Can you receive that tonight? So... We, that's why we don't beg God, because and, and we don't wonder what His will is, because we have His word. He's told His word is His will, 
So we come before that throne of grace with boldness, and we come to God believing that what we're asking for, He will give it to us without rebuke, without reproach. That, that, that means without rebuke. Mm, I love that. It's just pure access. Streamlined access to God is faith in Him. So we must stay in faith. And then if we are doubting and if we're fearful and we suppose that we can't receive anything from the Lord, then the opposite is true. If we're believing, then we can always expect to receive from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm preaching to myself a little bit tonight. Is that okay? Now watch verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Outside of faith is double-mindedness. Double-minded means to stand in two ways. If you want to know what that, that's like, just listen to the politicians talk. They stand in two ways all the time. All right? Unstable in all his ways. So faith is your stabilizer, and faith is the assurance that you're going to get what you asked for. And faith is what gives you access to that liberality of God. I love that. So don't lose heart. Don't lose your faith. Know that when you sow, you're going to reap because God will not be mocked. Amen. Praise God. So we do what we do as Christians. And as far as our giving goes, we don't do it out of fear. We don't do it because we have a grudging obligation. We do it because we have an expectation. We do it because we have a Father who loves us and who wants to bless us abundantly. Amen. He wants to pour out on us. He became poor so that we could become rich. You know, I think that we really hadn't even scratched the surface of that truth. I had a friend years ago tell me, he said, Pastor Eric, he said, I actually he didn't call me Pastor Eric, he called me dude probably. He said, he said, I've been thinking about, he said, I've been thinking about if we really fully, I mean, just only believed what Jesus said, he said, I think the church would be, have more riches than it know what to do with. We could just take him at his word. So be determined to just take him at his word. Let it be to me, Lord, according to your word. Amen. Okay, now let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Have I said how about them cowboys yet? Yeah. Can we do it again? Cameraman shaking his head no. Because he's a Chargers fan. John chapter 4 and verse 1. Well, this guy um, decided he was going to rob this safe at this store. And uh, so he went in with all his tools, his break-in tools, you know, and he gets to the safe and there's a sign on the door of the safe that says, please don't use any dynamite. The safe is unlocked. Just open the door. To his relief, all right, he opened the door, and when he did, a big old heavy sandbag fell down on his head and knocked him smooth out. Floodlights came on, alarms went off, and the police came to pick him up. He started coming to, and one of them overheard him say, man, you just can't trust anybody anymore. But, <laughs> well, you can trust the Lord and his word because he's faithful to his promise. Therefore, John 4.1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. 
So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, or three o'clock in the afternoon. I was telling my son, this is one of my favorite verses on the humanity of Jesus. He was wearied from his journey. He got tired. Jesus was exhausted from his journey. So he went and sat down to get refreshed. I love that about him. That makes me feel even more related to him and that he understands me. He got weary from his journey, and he sat thus by the well. <clears throat> now, let's go to uh, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, I've shared this with you before, some time ago, maybe a couple years back, but I want to just get some of these truths to you to even help clear your path that much more in this new year. All right, we want to remove barriers from our hearts, from our lives that would hinder the flow of the Spirit of God, that would hinder His influence, that would hinder His guiding and His leading. Because he is here to guide us into all truth. He's here to show us things to come. Am I in the right church? We want to get rid of all the the clutter, the walls, and make sure that we are fully yielded to him. This first thing that she says, we're just going to talk about some barriers to the flow of the Spirit in your life that we see from this story. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The first barrier is the barrier of prejudice. Very prejudiced, the Samaritans being half Jews and therefore no Jews as far as the, the Jews were concerned. It's such an ugly barrier to the flow of the Spirit, prejudice. It's really one of the stupidest things ever. You know, one of the greatest moves of God in the, the turn of the 20th century was through a little black preacher in California by the name of Pappy Seymour. He had heard Charles Fox Parham preach up in Kansas City, and he decided to take that message of the Holy Spirit to California, to Los Angeles, and there uh, broke out what was known as the Azusa Street Revival. And that's where many were filled with the Spirit and spoke in other tongues, and it just started an outbreak. And it was interesting because people, um, we, at that time, there was much more segregation than there is now, and... Um, a lot of racial tension and prejudice at that time. But this, this place was just a hotbed of love and a culture of many, many races all come under this one roof. They said that every nation, every color would come and listen to Pappy Seymour preach. And there in that flow of the Spirit and atmosphere of the Spirit, that wasn't even a thought to believers. You know, and, and, and in this day and age when... Um, Racism seems to be the card everyone seems to pull. If they can't win an argument, <laughs> then, you know, they just go pull that card. Don't get caught up in that stuff, all right? Because we are all, we've all drank into one spirit. We're all one body, all members of one body. And, is, and in him, there is no race. There are really just two races, ultimately. There's the race of the redeemed and the race of the reprobate. <laughs> That's it. The, the, the race of the saved and the race of the lost. 
That's what matters. And so um, guard your heart against that. Guard your heart against that. And let the Spirit flow freely through you. And to, as Paul said, we don't regard anyone according to the flesh. Now that we have this revelation of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us, now no, we see each other now in a whole different realm. Amen. All loved by God and all in great need of His grace. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked Him, and He would have given you living water. The woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? In other words, I mean, he asked her for a drink, but and then he says he would have given her living water if she would have asked him for a drink. Well, she's, where's your bucket? The second barrier to the flow of the Spirit that we do not want to have in our lives is the barrier of carnality. Just stinking thinking. Hmm? And just thinking fleshly thoughts, thoughts that entertain the flesh. As the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, that we do not, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Ooh, we do not war. We, we live in this body. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. This is our house here, but this is not how we war. We don't use this resource. No, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, verse 4, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Did you see that? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And now Paul is just about to break open to us what these strongholds are, all right? And they are, verse 5, casting down arguments. They're arguments. They're arguments. That's one of the strongholds. In other words, you know, the Lord speaks to you. Anybody ever argue with God before? David Garner's got a big old nod back there. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty, my friend. Cheers. Yeah, I've argued with God. I've never won that argument, but I still tried. Or you come across the scriptures, right? And you go, I didn't see that. Because it just, boom, hits you right there. And you're, nope, 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 nope. Arguing with God. And, and real maturity is known and realized in a Christian's life by just stopping the argument. And just be that fully yielded vessel. Where are you? Tell me to go, I'll go. What you tell me to say, I'll say. What you tell me to do, I'll do, Lord. I'm not going to argue with you. Amen. Can I get a good amen? amen? So this is one of the arguments. Huh? The stronghold is the argument. And every high thing that exalts itself, so here it is, self-exaltation, against the knowledge of God. So this is knowledge that fights God. This is knowledge that puts itself up as superior. Hmm. What's that? Well, that's the spirit of the devil. Don't remember what, what the devil said. I, I, I believe it's uh, Isaiah or Ezekiel, one of the two. Talks about what he said before he fell from heaven. I will ascend to the throne. I will be like the Most High. <laughs> Some self-exalting thoughts. Uh, and did he do it? No, he got kicked out. No, didn't even come close. Those thoughts that exalt self and our own motives above what God has said because he has knowledge for us that brings life to us 
So this happens here. This carnality is known up here for the most part because everything flows out of that. So you've got to get your mind right. I like what Pastor Casey Treat says. He says, get your mind right, get your life right. Get your mind right, get your life right. Get rid of that carnal thinking. She's not thinking spiritually. She's, not, she's, she's thinking just in the natural. You don't have a bucket. How are you going to give me any water? All right? Carnal mind is at odds with the things of the Spirit. Verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well? Think about who she's asking. <laughs> who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? What do you think this barrier is? Pride. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Our city is by Jacob's well. You think you're greater than him? Pride. God resists the proud, but he always gives grace to the humble. You'll never go anywhere in life being full of pride. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said, Her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will come become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So, is Jesus talking about water here? What's he really talking about? He's talking about the Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit. And drinking of this water will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Watch this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. That's an interesting response. Give me this water. Jesus already said, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst. But the water that I give, you'll never thirst. She said, well, pfft. give me that water so I don't have to come here to draw. She's thinking water. He's talking spirit, but she's, she still hasn't seen it yet. And that would be the barrier of selfishness. What is in it for me? Looking for personal gain. For one, she's there in the heat of the day, and that probably had to do with the lifestyle she was living, because women typically came to draw water while it was cool. And um, to, to avoid all the sneering and the jeering, she went out in the heat of the day. So she's looking at it, how can I better my situation? If that water will help me do that, great, I won't have to come here. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Here we go. Barrier number five, dishonesty. Well, she was hiding behind just a little truth about her situation, but she was really being dishonest. She told part of her story, and then Jesus finishes her story for her. You know, just give just the right amount of information. Anybody have teenagers? Give you just the right amount of information to get you satisfied? Hmm? Admit just enough? That never happened in our house, but I've heard that people that had teenagers, that happened. But it's a subtle barrier, and it has a not-so-subtle result, though, when it comes to the flow of the Spirit. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. There's the rest of your story. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. I got half the story from you, and that part was true. But here's the rest of it. The woman said to him, <laughs> here we go. Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Well, 
She's getting a breakthrough, isn't she? I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. This is the sixth barrier, and it's the ugliest and the worst one. It is the barrier of religion. It really is the worst. This speaks of the depths of humanity at its worst, claiming to know God, yet denying Him and His power. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says that having a form of godliness but denying its power always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Man's attempt at spiritual things through fleshly efforts and means is what he's talking about. People come to the knowledge of the anointed one, that is the Christ, not by religious mantras, but by the Spirit. It's the Spirit who leads us. And, and when you acknowledge the Spirit, this is beautiful, then the world will acknowledge Jesus. That's why we need this flow in our life continually. We need to get rid of any of the barriers that you identify with here tonight. Hopefully you don't identify with any of them, but you might. When you acknowledge the Spirit, say that with me, when you acknowledge the Spirit, the world will acknowledge Jesus. And all those barriers came crashing down. This is amazing. When she got the revelation that God is spirit. Look at verse 20. This is, how, this is where it happened. Jesus said to her, uh, um, I'm sorry, verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour is coming. Say, that hour is right here. It is. This is it. This is, this is what Jesus is talking about. This hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. It won't be about a certain location. You can worship the God, God in spirit and truth every day of your life. Because you have this right now, ever-present reality that is with you all the time. Amen. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Those that are living in a lifestyle of worshiping Him. Thank you, Lord. Those that understand that He is a very personal God. God is spirit. There it is. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, this is it, I know Messiah is coming. Whoa, now the revelation is flowing. I know Messiah is coming. What got her to say that? Now, that's interesting. You think about the conversation they're having. And he says, God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And then she said, I know Messiah is coming. Who is called Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I've been here all along. We've been having a conversation for a while. But those barriers had to be removed for her to understand, to get in the spirit so that she could get revelation, so that she could get the right understanding, so she, that she could get the truth inside of her life. When he spoke of the spirit, she spoke of him. The spirit is always witness to Jesus. Every man in her life. How many barriers did we talk about here? Hmm? Six? How many men did she have? She was on her sixth. 
One relationship brought one barrier. Each man represents a barrier. All of them, though, were removed when she encountered the seventh man. The seventh man would set her free from all of them. All the hurts, the wounds, the disappointments, the guilt, the shame, the fears, all gone. One encounter with him. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Woo! So you have the Spirit of God that causes you to rise above every barrier that would keep you from that flow of him in your life. Barriers develop in our lives because of how we've been programmed for the most part. Or by people we hang around. Or some of the teaching and preaching that we've endured through the years. I don't know what your whole background is and what your situation is, but I can tell you this. If you'll yield to the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because He has revelation for you. He has truth for you that can set you free in just a moment. In just a moment, if you'll just give him that moment of time. As Jesus sat there and began to have a conversation, and he's always there. He's always there. The scripture says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. So every day, just have this mindset. Get up, thank him for the day. Thank him that you've been gifted another day of your life. Spend some time praying in the spirit and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? I want to be in ebb and flow with the Spirit of God today. Help me not to be moved by my circumstances. To not hold grudges, to not be offended. But Lord, to flow in the Spirit. To be used by you. Because the Scripture says we have a ministry for this world, and it's a ministry of reconciliation. That is, it's a ministry of uniting people to God through the message of His Son. We don't have time. We don't have time to get caught up in these barriers. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. I said we don't have time for it. We've got to redeem the time. The days are evil. We're not evil. We redeemed the time by staying in the Spirit, staying in faith. Amen. I've, I've come to learn the more I'm yielded to Him, really the easier things get. You know what's difficult is when, is when you're not really fully yielded. That's when, well, Christianity's hard. No, it's, it's hard if you're, <laughs> if you're in and out of it. It's hard if you're struggling. But if you're yielded, it's really quite easy. It really is. So make life easy on yourself. Let the Spirit of God empower you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for the, the water that you give that well spring, springing up into everlasting life that is in us. Later on, John would tell us that out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. There's a, there's a personal experience for us to have as far as salvation, but then there's a testimony that must come out of us, flow out of us. Can we just, um, you, you, can, you can just stay seated for a moment. If you would just lift your hands to the Lord and just yield yourself to him tonight. And Lord, I pray that every barrier be knocked away. Every hindrance. And Lord, where I have, where I have built barriers, where I've built walls, Lord, I no longer hide behind those things. I no longer defend those things or justify those things. Tonight, have your way.
Break down those barriers in me. Break down every hindrance. Jesus is Lord of my life. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I welcome your spirit to freely have your way in me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Tonight we've heard the truth of the word. Receive that truth and be free. Because his word is the only thing that can truly make you free. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, There is no fear in love. The perfect love casts out all fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Won't you say that with me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Thank you, Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you, Lord, for that. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Thank you, Lord. Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. I love the way Isaiah says it. Child, you are mine. You are mine. You walk through the waters, I will be there. The fire will not consume you, and the waters will not overwhelm you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. No evil shall befall you, and no plague shall come near your dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And they'll bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. Thank you, Lord. Somebody really needs to hear this tonight. The Lord says, 
stay on it. Remember his word. His promise is greater than what you're fearing. Because his promise is real. His promise is real. Amen. I said his promise is real. Believe him. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the unreasonable. Believe him. Amen. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's a very present help in time of need. And David said, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard me and delivered me out of all of my troubles. Amen. He's there to deliver you out of all your troubles. All right, so don't let your trouble trouble you. Amen. Just welcome his peace. Lord, I thank you right now for the peace of God that passes all understanding, guarding these hearts and minds tonight through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe I can help you tonight. If that's you, if you've been really struggling in this way, fear, anxiety, worry, whatever it may be, you need to go on the offensive. And when that feeling of fear comes or that thought of fear comes, you need to say, just in that moment, say, thank you, Jesus. You give me the victory. Something that simple. Because if you just live inside your head, this thing will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Huh? So you just open your mouth and you take your authority and you declare the word of God. You say what God, who God is because he is your God. He loves you. This ain't overwhelming him. This isn't shaking him up. Amen. You might be shaken, but he's not. So you put your trust in him. Amen. Amen. And you have to, through that fear, say it. Don't wait till you feel better before you start saying the word. Say it in the fear. Say it while you're trembling. Amen. Speak the word into that darkness and speak light. Amen. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Now may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you and cause his face to shine upon you in all your house. May he give you peace. All of your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be their peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.